Thanks to Pluto TV for sponsoring a portion of this video. I have been on YouTube since 2007, making vlogs, sketches, rants. My channel grew slowly and gradually for a decade until 2018, I accidentally made my first commentary video and internet analysis was born. I could make videos about videos and influencers and online culture all my favorite things. In the four years since, I have made over 85 internet analysis videos. This series was the spark that finally helped my channel grow dramatically. It allowed me to finish college and pay my bills. I became a full-time creator, fulfilling my biggest adolescent dream, thanks to these videos and you, the audience. Wow, what a blatant appeal to parasocialism. It has been a dream, and also honestly sometimes a nightmare. Is that dramatic? Okay, um, psychologically damaging? Permanently rewarding? wiring my brain and how I think and behave. So today I want to do a meta internet analysis. I want to try to explain how making video essays has affected me. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Before we continue, this portion of today's video is sponsored by Pluto TV. My work involves media criticism and commentary, so naturally I must consume a lot of media. That is one of the best, most enjoyable parts of my job. So I want to introduce you all to Pluto TV. Pluto TV is a 100% free streaming service. It has hundreds of free live channels that are actually curated by real people who handpick great options. Pluto TV also has a catalog of thousands of free movies and shows available on demand. There's always something new to watch in any of your favorite genres, from comedy to thrillers to reality TV. Personally, when I'm feeling nostalgic, I like to rewatch my old comfort childhood shows. With Pluto TV, I can easily rewatch favorites like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Degrassi the Next Generation, or Freaks and Geeks. Pluto TV has an app that makes it easy to watch from your phone, tablet, or smart TV. You can also watch from any browser at Pluto.tv. So download the Pluto TV app now, or you can go to pluto.tv slash free TV to stream your favorite movies and TV channels for free. Thanks to Pluto TV for sponsoring that part of my video. Now back to my regular content. So let's get into it. I haven't been opening up in recent years as much as I used to, so I'm very excited to let you all know where I've been. I think it will be very cathartic. Another video of YouTubers complaining about being YouTubers. God, no. Let me begin by saying I do feel a bit of imposter syndrome, even referring to myself as a video essayist. Is what I do video essays? Are they good and smart and long enough to be video essays? So in these past few years, I've definitely figured out a recipe for my videos. The research and writing process for each episode is still difficult, but I definitely don't reinvent the wheel every time. But there are many parts of my videos that I feel deeply self-conscious about. Are my videos stale? Are people sick of my face or my voice. <laughs> I sure am. And then there's the whole part of making video essays that can feel kind of big-headed or smug or pretentious. These so-called video essayists always think they're better than everyone. They're always right. They're moral. They care about ethics. Everything is so problematic. Maybe it is a bit of a trap, talking about the things you care about, what you think is wrong or right. Maybe it makes people hold you to a higher standard. I mean, anyone seen as an unproblematic fave is going to disappoint eventually. 
I surely hope that people don't think I see myself as some sort of authority on anything, really. I genuinely do just want to talk about media and other topics I'm interested in. All you do is complain about how everything is horrible. What a killjoy! Do you even like anything? I love a lot of things, though I do think that a 100% positive and glowing video isn't the most interesting, but that's not to say that I hate everything. However, I do genuinely believe in the importance of media literacy and consuming things critically. That doesn't mean consuming everything negatively, just many things can be true at once, nothing is black or white, blah blah blah. Oh wow, Miss Critical Thinker! Please stop with the virtue signaling. It turns out the internet is not the best place for nuance. People kind of want to hear, I love this thing, or even better, I hate this thing and it should burn in hell, here's why. So with that, I want to walk through my creative process and kind of explain what goes through my head as I make a video. And by the way, I do talk more about this on Patreon if you want to hear more. Okay, enough of the self-promo. Many YouTubers have made videos about the terrors of trying to appeal to this mysterious platform and the whims of viewers. I'll link some of my favorites in the description. Doing YouTube as a job is a grind. There is a massive pressure to post consistently and frequently while maintaining impeccable quality. Easy, right? Okay, first hurdle. Let's pick a topic. Should we go for something trendy? Mm, that's probably a good idea, but honestly, I don't think I'd be able to make a whole video about a trending topic before it would be entirely irrelevant. I do have some ideas. How about pop star mall tours? Why? Or Nepo babies? Does talent really trickle down? I don't get why you would talk about those when there are obviously more important things in the world. Shouldn't you be educating the public or something? I do have plenty of heavier, more complex topics on my list, but those do take even more time and research, and they can be pretty draining to work on, so I just want to make sure that I wouldn't be rushing them. Yeah, you do have a sponsor deadline in a few weeks. Why don't you just try to pick something relatively light and entertaining? It's funny that you call yourself a video essayist, but all you do is talk about, like, memes. And then say, capitalism bad. <laughs> what a good leftist, using all the buzzwords. I will say you've never made a video about Ben Shapiro or Jordan Peterson, which is kind of a video essay rite of passage. Ultimately, I'm just going to pick something that I am interested in because I have to spend at least the next two weeks working on this, and I just need the process to be bearable. So as I mentioned, I do have a long list of topic ideas, some I've read and learned a lot about, some that are just inklings of things I might want to research. My broad goals for my videos are to be interesting, hopefully informative in some way, and maybe inspire you to think or learn more about something. Ugh, that's so lame. But really, this is where the conflict begins. On one hand, it is just a YouTube video, it's not that serious. But on the other hand, at least 100,000 people will probably see this video. So of course, I want to make sure it's entertaining, but also I need to make sure it's accurate and fair. What is my point, and am I backing it up? Does this make any sense? Comparing this process to like the essays I wrote in school, where you could kind of just BS it, get through it, turn it in. Facing your professor's feedback is one thing, but I think it's totally different to be making arguments and claims in public, with a comment section ready to either love you or hate you, sometimes both. It's just a YouTube video, it's just a YouTube video. But I am a people pleaser. Another part of my nature, I often joke about being a Libra, but really I do try to be a very balanced and fair person. Not in a both sides or devil's advocate kind of way, just that I want to have a slightly nuanced discussion on the internet, which again is a pretty major ask. 
One criticism I've received is basically that sometimes my videos don't have a super strong opinionated conclusion or a big hot take. And this is very interesting. Years ago, especially as a teenager, I used to love sharing my hot takes. I was very outspoken. I loved a rant. But over the years, and especially in making these videos, I've just found that my own personal opinion is not as important or frankly interesting, on its own at least. Of course, I write these videos from my perspective. It's a leftist, anti-capitalist lens. I also try to be very intentional about including other perspectives and experiences outside of myself. For example, in my video on laziness, I had sections on disability, neurodivergence, poverty. I don't think I could make a well-rounded video essay about laziness and the American work ethic without mentioning all those things, so that's one part. But also, I genuinely want to highlight things that I believe are important and signal to my audience hey, I hear you, and not in like a pandering way, but more like I know my individual experience is so narrow, and I want to acknowledge that so many other experiences exist, and all of these contribute to the overall issue or topic at hand, intersectionality, layers. So instead of just making a rant with all of my hot takes as I used to, I would rather research a lot of different angles and try to highlight a few different perspectives. I love looking at how different groups of people engage with a topic, especially in media. That's why I love the surveys that I send out sometimes and reading the comments. There's always so much more to add. Sometimes I just want my videos to be an exploration. There is no solid conclusion or a solution wrapped up in a bow. Sometimes I end up with more questions than answers. Another criticism I've received is that my videos are not super deep or mind-blowing, which honestly I can agree with. I do consider my videos to be more intro level. I know I'm usually not saying anything brand new. Especially in this video essay sphere, I have so many peers who are brilliant and their content always surprises me in the best ways. But I also know that that is not how my brain works. I couldn't write or think the way that each of these creators does. I write these videos in a way that I would talk about them to a friend. And I like that my videos are hopefully accessible. I want any random viewer to be able to click and understand my point. That can spark an interest. They can dig a little deeper, do more research. I'm perfectly okay with being an introduction, a starting point. But that one does make me spiral sometimes. How dare I be some sort of commentary video essays semi-educational channel, yet I know nothing. If there are smarter, wiser, more clever people in the room, maybe I should just shut up. Ooh, save it for your therapist. Insecure much? Yeah, I am insecure, and you know, part of that is natural, but much of it comes from the damage of posting online publicly for many years. This is my job now, yay. Except that means I have to continuously do this thing that is extremely terrifying. I thought it would get easier over time, but I am still scared every time I upload. A fun part about being a YouTuber is anticipating criticism before it occurs. After years of being online talking about things, which of course involves making mistakes, forgetting about something, not being aware, being ignorant, being wrong. You make a mistake, you try to fix it and learn from it. So I have adapted. I try to be very, very careful, not just to avoid criticism, but because I genuinely do not want to cause harm or hurt anyone's feelings. However, with the scale of feedback coming in at this level, all of these opinions and my fear of criticism has actually changed my personality and my thought process 
which is kind of scary. As I'm writing or filming a video, I anticipate criticism, as I think I can already hear those past or imagined future comments creeping in, so I edit. Just make sure you're extremely clear and specific so no one misunderstands or misinterprets what you're saying, but also don't take too long to make your point. The worst thing is I even over-explain myself or speak with disclaimers when I'm talking to my closest friends. They know me, I don't need to vocalize a million caveats, but YouTube has rotted my brain. By the way, I do not mean this or this, and other things can be true. Being clear and intentional is very important, especially in a public forum like YouTube, but if you fill your videos with a million disclaimers and caveats, you'll completely lose your point. Even in making this video, I've had to remind myself, I can't cover everything. This cannot apply to every YouTuber. I have my own experience and that's okay. It is the classic impossible scenario. If you try to make something appeal to everyone, it will appeal to no one. Yeah, yeah, but how can I make a video essay that perfectly aligns with, represents, and satisfies a potential audience of 100,000 people? It is futile, and yet I try it with every single video. And of course, I get my feelings hurt when, inevitably, some people disagree with me. Mm, sorry to interrupt your cry fest, but again, sponsor deadline, just suck it up and finish this. Okay, God, I have spent a couple weeks on this script and I don't even know if I like the topic anymore. Have I completely overcomplicated it? I've added like five pages of tangents and I think I lost my whole point. And not to stress you out, but this is probably the only video you're gonna upload this month, so just try to make it a good one. Yeah, no pressure. If people don't like it, they'll just unsubscribe and you'll be a flop forever. Ugh, I feel like this video could be really good if I just had a few more weeks to work on it, but I have to hit this deadline. And by the way, bless my sponsors because without them, I would not be paying my bills. Thank you, please keep working with me. <laughs> I would never complain. But I do hate going in to film something that I don't feel 100% prepared for. I don't think I'm a complete perfectionist, but I just don't want to put out a mess of a video. <sighs> I have no choice, so I'm just gonna make the best of it. Okay, yay, it's time to film. Are you excited? No, nope, I'm already tired of this script and it isn't perfect. So I'm not looking forward to reading it out loud for an hour or two. You're gonna film like that? What? You just look weird. You know, the lighting is bad and your outfit. Should I continue? Nope, thanks. It honestly is a struggle to get on camera and I do not enjoy it. I honestly wish I was a faceless channel and I could just record my whole script as a voiceover. It would be so much easier and I wouldn't have to overanalyze my entire appearance. Uh, you probably can't do that because I don't think people would like it. So just smile and try to be upbeat. <sighs> okay. Hello, my dudes. Today we're gonna be talking about funny old people influencers. What's up with them? <laughs> do I sound charming or insufferable? Do you want me to be honest? <laughs> now let's get into final thoughts. It all leads back to capitalism, baby. Okay, now we are in the thick of editing. I have watched this entire video three times already, not including all the times I repeated the same sentence over and over. You have such hissy S's, it hurts my ears. Now I just need to watch it all again to make sure it makes sense, and I've gotta see if some sections are going on too long. I would love to make these edits more interesting, try out some new presets or graphics, but I don't have time before this deadline. Maybe next video. Spoiler, she definitely did not do that for the next video. So now I've hit a stumbling block. There's this one part, it's a bit sensitive. It's about something I haven't experienced. So I wanna make sure 
sure I'm handling it as accurately and carefully as I can, but also not sound like I'm speaking for that group. And don't be performative or weird about it. Yeah, I definitely don't want to come across that way. This is a brief but important point. So now I'm like, is it too brief to where it sounds like I'm not giving it the weight and time that it deserves? Is it concise or am I not saying enough? She spent hours agonizing over that point that ended up being only 20 seconds in the final video. Okay, the edit is finally done. I export the file, upload to YouTube, send to my captioner. Now I'm gonna watch the video one more time. Make sure there aren't any mistakes, write out the timestamps. Okay, I think I actually like this video. It turned out pretty good. Now the hardest part, title and thumbnail. I've spent so long working on this video, yet I don't know how to describe it. No pressure, those are just the two most important parts. Who cares what the video is like if no one clicks on it? Okay, what title and thumbnail have just the right amount of clickbait, like good faith clickbait, like a little catchy, but not totally dishonest? And the thumbnail, you gonna do that same old stale style? Um, I tried something new, but it turned out bad, so yeah. Let's stick with the usual. At least it's recognizable. Recognizably outdated. Okay, and you don't do any of the thumbnail work, so you're not one to talk. But Tiff, we should probably look into hiring a graphic designer, maybe like next year. Just, you know, don't worry about it now, but we should. And the video is up. I can't look, I'll check back in an hour. The YouTube studio says it's flopping. Quote, less of your regular viewers are interested in this. Great. You know what, don't think about the numbers. Let's read some comments. There are some really nice positive ones. Great feedback. Oh, I love this one. You are such a lib, trying so hard to be PC and woke. And that user is replying to a bunch of positive commenters telling them they're stupid too. <laughs> That's hilarious. There's always at least one of those. Okay, someone else did point out a mistake you made, which, you know, it looks like good faith criticism, so don't spiral. I spent all that time writing, researching, and editing, and that still went over my head. Did I not fact check that point? Should I reply? Should I try to explain what I meant? Oh, I hope that mistake doesn't ruin the entire video for you and everyone else. That would be a shame. Shame, 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 shame. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So now that you've seen a bit of my very neurotic, self-conscious creative process, I want to get into part two, setting boundaries. In the past few years, my relationship with social media has changed massively. I used to be very active on multiple platforms every day. I lived on Twitter. I loved posting on Instagram. I really enjoyed all the interaction, replying to DMs, chatting with viewers, reading all of your responses. And of course, I enjoyed the constant little doses of validation. It feels really good to talk about things and have people listen. I used to be a pretty open book. I would talk about my relationships and my personal life. The shift started with internet analysis because my main channel moved from being about me to being more focused on topics. Eventually, I started thinking more about privacy and the importance of boundaries online. And it's really tempting to have no boundaries. 
influencers and content creators are rewarded for sharing as much of ourselves as possible. Every part of your life can be monetized. And the more you share, the deeper your audience's parasocial relationships become, which are valuable. Sure, it might be uncomfortable for people to dig and want to know more about your personal life, but at least they care about you. At least they're tuning in and liking and commenting. But as I became more aware of the creator side of parasocial relationships, I didn't want to exploit it. It feels icky. Now, some of this is inevitable, but some creators do really feed into it. I love you guys. You're my best friends. I'm like, that was sweet. (laughs) But it does almost feel like a requirement. You've got to play the game or you'll become irrelevant. People will forget you if you're not constantly posting and reminding them that you exist. But it is a double-edged sword. The more you share, the more people can criticize. And it can feel kind of degrading to become so desperate for attention, to constantly exploit your own life for content. And believe me, I've been there. So anyway, over the past two years or so, I have really stepped back from social media. One major part was mental health. I needed to protect mine, which I know probably sounds trite because everyone on social media says that, but it is true. I had to read less of my comments and messages, protect my self-esteem and my mind, try to separate myself from my online image. Another factor was my fear of criticism. It extended to every platform. I was overthinking everything I did or didn't post. I became afraid of my inbox. Even though 99% of my messages were lovely and kind, I never knew when I would open them and read something that could ruin my week. It became this heavy thing in my pocket. Even if I wasn't reading comments or messages, I knew they were still there. It's like those anonymous question boxes on Tumblr reform spring, ask FM. Like, you know, if you make one of those, people are going to say mean things to you eventually, yet we still all made them and still checked them. It's a bit masochistic. Another big thing that changed my relationship with social media was some privacy and safety issues. That's a whole thing. I don't want to get into details for obvious reasons, but that really changed my whole attitude toward the internet. And of course, it extended into real life. It was traumatic, honestly. I became very, very reclusive. Anyway, with all of those elements combining, I just decided that the best way to avoid any negative things was to post less or not at all, especially on platforms like Instagram or Twitter. Writing this video made me realize I've almost been quiet quitting as an influencer. Especially in the last year, I've only really been active on YouTube, kind of doing the bare minimum of my job requirements. I'm not going above and beyond in terms of staying active on other platforms and promoting myself and maximizing metrics. I'm a YouTuber doing YouTube. That's where you'll find me. Have I considered quitting YouTube and social media altogether? Many, many times. I imagine it to be very peaceful to live a fully offline life. I've looked at LinkedIn and fantasized about getting a 9 to 5, benefits, healthcare, a consistent paycheck that doesn't involve a mysterious algorithm or being some kind of public figure. Sounds nice. But then again, the grass is always greener. I'm not deluding myself to believe that a nine to five would be easy or not have any problems or anything. But anyway, I'm not really ready to step away from YouTube or the internet. So for now, I am sticking with this, but I just need to learn how to cope. So what are the effects of stepping away? On one hand, it has been great. 
I typically have felt a lot less anxious about internet things. I've been actively protecting myself, my privacy, my peace. I've allowed myself to just be a silent social media consumer instead of a creator all the time. And also in establishing boundaries, I've reminded myself who I am outside of YouTube. It's been very reassuring to remember that my friends and family know and understand me rather than primarily being concerned with how people online might perceive me. It's been great not to worry about taking Instagram pictures, posting stories, vlogging. I still do snap pictures and videos, but those are just for me, and that feels very special. However, I do think I have now swung too far in the opposite direction. Sometimes I do want to post or share more, but I've almost like forgotten how to do it. I feel nervous and self-conscious, even posting like an Instagram story, something so simple. Because I've been so quiet, it feels scary to be loud by loud, like literally posting anything. I imagine this is how some people feel like if you're starting a brand new YouTube channel. Like you're very aware of taking up space and worrying if people think you're weird for trying. Does that make sense? I will say also, in all this time, I've been feeling weirdly insecure, as if nobody cares about me. I clearly miss the validation. I've also felt really disconnected from my audience, which is sad. I genuinely miss all of the little conversations I used to have with my viewers, just, you know, randomly replying to things. Through all of this, for a long time, I turned off my Instagram story replies, which I felt protected me from the scary, unknown message inbox. But then, when I would post, I just felt like I was yelling into the void. It was lonely. If I posted, I'd be like, oh, replies, and then I'd remember, no replies, so what's the point? In the last year, I feel like I've got myself caught in this cycle of disconnection and isolation, but I don't know how to get out. And you may also be wondering, how did all of this affect my business? What happens to a YouTuber who posts less videos and goes radio silent on all other platforms? Shockingly, being pretty absent is bad for business. I have been seeing some negative consequences in terms of analytics and performance. And by the way, I despise these metrics. I'm not a fan of the optimization obsession. For a long time, I have tried to resist the tips and tricks of how to be successful online. You have to post the exact same day, same time, every week. Stay active on all platforms. It just feels robotic to me to think of content creation as this perfectly efficient, streamlined machine. I know it works great for some people, but for me, I just want to be a free creator. I want to post any day of the week. You never know what you'll get from me. Anyway, for example, I've been losing Instagram followers. Tragic. No, but that's unsurprising because I've literally barely posted for like a year. So now when I do post something, I'll lose a few followers, which feels personal. (laughs) It's funny because logically, I totally get it. Everyone has a right to unfollow anyone for any reason, especially a YouTuber you don't know. I know it doesn't necessarily mean that they hate me or even that they dislike me. And the annoying part is I don't care about my Instagram in terms of like followers or my ego. I earn almost nothing from it, so it's not like a business issue. I really wish I could hide the follower count from myself because I don't even want to see it. It's like I blocked the likes because I don't care about that. I don't want to see my follower numbers. Anytime I happen to look at my own profile, oh, I got to see that. And then I notice, oh, it dropped another decimal. Oh, lost another hundred followers. It's hard not to wonder, did I do something? 
what's happening? And then I get scared to post anything again, even a story, because then the cycle is just going to continue and I'm going to be bleeding followers. Again, very uh, small problem to have. (laughs) But I've taken this as a sign and it's made me worry that disconnecting too much from social media has made my audience care less. And maybe I've done irreparable damage. Maybe all of my momentum is gone. Again, I totally understand the fluctuations of the attention economy. There are always other creators and other things in life to focus on, so I don't expect everyone to stick with me forever. That would be ignorant and naive. But it is still hard because this is my job. I need enough people to care and keep coming back to this channel. And even on YouTube, I've posted a lot less than usual this year. I had big work goals for 2022, but then we moved twice, we adopted a dog, planned and had a wedding. So I ended up being busy with other things and wasn't able to work as much as I wanted. And yes, major YouTube privilege moment. I know that that is a huge luxury to be able to work less and still get by. Anyway, I know I said I don't really like to pay attention to metrics, but recently I did check my analytics and I noticed that over the last year, my average views have dropped a lot. And I take total responsibility for that. I'm posting less. My audience probably isn't super engaged because I kind of keep disappearing. The algorithm might be mad at me, sorry. And maybe my topics just haven't been interesting enough. That is all completely fair. During one of my high points, like a year ago, I used to easily get 100,000 views within the first 24 hours of a video going live. And then I could expect to get two to 300,000 views within the first week. Videos hitting half a million views were great, but not a huge surprise. So over time, I got used to those being my standard metrics for success. How's a video doing? Hitting my usuals? Okay, great. So in comparison, it feels like I am flopping right now. I know I'm still doing very well in the grand scheme of things, and I'm very grateful for that. It just kind of stings to see these numbers become my new normal, because for so long, those numbers were my usuals. But it is just funny because I'm like, wow, I guess posting and marketing myself less over a period of a year does make an impact. Never could have guessed. So what now? Especially now that the wedding's done, I've been able to fully focus on work again. I've been looking ahead to next year, trying to figure out what I should do to change my workflow. And yes, I've even been watching the YouTube optimization videos, okay? I need tips and tricks. I'll listen now. I'll listen, I believe you. I also know that part of the equation to, you know, getting back on the horse is that I need to be a little more open again. It's very scary and it's been really hard. I've swung on the pendulum from open book to closed off and now I'm trying to find a good medium. I just wanna have a healthy balance of being a creator and a consumer without sacrificing my mental health or my well-being, of course. At the moment, at least, I'm not as concerned about criticism, which feels good, but I still have a lot of paranoia and anxiety when it comes to sharing more. Like recently, I've been like wanting to vlog. I really miss vlogging, but I don't wanna show too much of my apartment. I didn't wanna record myself on my bike because then people would know what my bike looks like. It's absurd, I know. But by the way, I've had a video script for a while about how much people, and specifically influencers, share about themselves and their lives online, like details about things. I hope I'll finish that someday, but obviously I've internalized it, and I'm like, oh, people would obviously be able to tell from, like, the layout of this corner exactly what apartment you live in. Some of that's true. (laughs) So it is definitely going to take some time to ease back into sharing more and still being mindful of my privacy and my boundaries. 
In terms of being critical of myself, I really need to work on that too. I'm sure you've probably listened to this whole video and you're like, God, Tiffany, stop. (laughs) I get it. I know that being wrong or making mistakes is a big part of being human and definitely a part of being a content creator. We're all throwing out thoughts and opinions to the public constantly. Of course we are going to miss occasionally. I can say that, but I'm also like, yeah, but you're not allowed to make mistakes. You're not allowed to be wrong. I'm also trying to work on my self-confidence, trying to build back my self-esteem without relying on online validation, which is tricky. I know I have to give myself more credit, though my negative self-talk wants me to believe that I'm a horrible monster. I'm not. So as much as doing this work has kind of melted my brain, I think it has made me better in a lot of ways. For example, there are a lot of really fascinating, interesting discussions happening all over the internet all the time, many of which are not in my lane. So I've been practicing the art of listening. It's great. Highly recommend. I've reminded myself I do not always need to have a hot take. I don't need to weigh in on everything. Thank you so much for watching. Of course, classically, this video maybe didn't turn out the exact way I envisioned it, but I hope it was interesting. I think I have leftover tears still. Can I not? Can I not cry in every video? I know I said I wanted to be more vulnerable, but we don't have to get back on my crying on YouTube era. And lastly, if you have not seen it yet, my last video was about the commodification of fall. Please check it out. Learn about the pumpkin spice industrial complex. And stay tuned for future internet analysis videos. Okay, thanks. Bye.